When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Them niggas scared to make that move. We can't relate to that. I roll the dice. Shit, if I lose, I'm gonna be shaking back. Cause lessons learned within the loss. Just elevate the fact that trial and error just the only way. Ain't no escaping that. I wake up, hit a hundred push-ups, then I'm at my route. Check on my stocks, see how they looking, then I'm sliding out. When you start seeing your progression, you stop having doubts. And what's the point of having clout? You can't cash it out. True to this game, but number life, ayy. Hey. Feel like we finna change the cycle, ayy. Hey. That's the most success, you know we thriving, ayy. Hey. That's the most depression for our rivals, ayy. Hey. Could teach a lesson on survival, ayy. Hey. You know I'm from the bottom. My pockets ain't it. Right, to another episode of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellard, one fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance. Checking out my co-host for the episode, Jalen. How you feeling, my brother? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. Yep. I'm feeling great, man. It's it's a weekday. We got a special brother in the in the building. Man, can't so, up on us. Yeah, huh? energy's going crazy, man. Is it really? God just been aligning a lot of stuff, man. So. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a pretty good week. I say pretty bad. It's a good two weeks. Um, definitely glad for today's episode. Glad we could connect with this brother. Uh, Big fact. Like you said, because everything kind of been divine. You know, we had some situations in the past, and people helped us out. And you know, this is another one of those situations. Amen. It's all about the connections. Just gotta say, shout out to Demarco. Man. Yeah, shout out to shout our brother Demarco, man. If y'all heard our episode with Demarco Thomas, y'all definitely need to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. Metro Max is the plug. But as always, y'all, I want to say y'all, thank you for tuning in. Um, make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, it helps us grow the show, helps us get out there to more people, helps us spread this mission, this message, and this movement. Uh, and now with that said, got to get into our guest today, like we just mentioned. Brother came in from Atlanta. He pulled up on us. Then this man, I say he's from Atlanta, but he's really global, right? Yeah. Like, he, he really the plug and the connect globally. This brother is the man when it comes to government contracts. He's teaching people not only how to get these contracts, but how to win and like really maximize this business in the government contracts. He's showing us that the government is the largest, the largest customer that you can have and how you can take advantage of that. None other than Mr. Hamza Sabri, the CEO of Global Connects. Hamza, how you doing? Man, I'm great. Thank you all for having me. Like seriously, you, you know. Anytime I get a chance to speak on any one platform about spreading awareness of government contracting and just as far as tapping in how to do business with the government, I'm with it 1,000%. I come all the way to Alaska. If y'all was located in Alaska, I'd be in Alaska. Come and speak on your platform. 
I don't want to visit, but I don't want to be out there. That's kind of cool. But definitely appreciate it, man. Appreciate you being willing to come and share this knowledge with our with our audience and our people, man. Definitely don't take it for granted. Um, so we're gonna get right into the houses. Let's go. Same way we start with everybody. We want to ask you, like, how did you get your start? Like, what even led you into government contracting? All right. So, you know, I was looking for uh, employment opportunity. I was at a point in my life I'm trying to level up, like. I always like to do things that get me outside my comfort zone because when you get when you do things outside your comfort zone, it allows you to grow. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for employment opportunity in the construction, demolition, asbestos removal, mold remediation. Something triggered me about it that made me have interest into it. So the best way to learn those things is on job training, right? Mm-hmm. So I compiled a resume. We all have made resumes to show that you know things that we are able to do that we probably don't actually have those skill sets. Added a little sauce. But just a little yeah. tap, a little finesse and sauce yeah. to it to land the interview process. Once I land the interview process, I was able to you know to talk the language as if I'm I already was a seasoned project manager in this type of industry, and um, the construction company gave me the opportunity to work with them. Right? Mm-hmm. So the caveat was it that the owner came up to me and said, Yeah, by the way, we do 100% of our business with the government. So you're going to need to learn the FAR, which is the Federal Acquisition Regulations. Those are all the laws, clauses, mandated with government contracts. 2038 pages. My crazy behind read every last page and dissected, right? So working with the company, I had to teach myself how to read blueprints, how to use Bluebeam, which is a software, how to do estimation, how to do project management, right? How to do a proper cost analysis and put proposals together. I had to learn this on my own as I am still performing. Mm-hmm. Let alone, I got to understand government contracting now because we only do business with the government. All right, long story short, within 10 months we working with that company, right? I generated $1.6 million in government contracts for them. Federal, state, local, city, county government contracts, right? So the owner said, come here. You're a mad man. So he delegated me to build out a business development center, right? BDC department where I train others to, on my methods, my unorthodox methods of doing business with the government. So I did that for like another four months and then I said you know what you know I felt like LeBron I said let me take my talent somewhere else mm-hmm. you know so what I did was I created a business outside of it of securing government contracts with other small businesses and then getting paid a percentage of the contract value that's how my firm created based off of word of mouth based off of results 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 and that landed me to the opportunity saying you know what all right I'm, I must know what I'm doing I'm winning government contracts for other businesses now I know this stuff ends and out in all different types of industries into, you know, making the customer, making the government your your customer as well. How I'm going to tap into it, though, mm-hmm. you know, like, no flex. This is not, not to brag, but I made $100,000 just off of winning government contracts for other people mm-hmm. and getting a percentage of the contract value way before I even won a government contract for myself. I landed my first government contract in 2016. For janitorial supplies, it was a one-year base, three-year option, four-year contract total for Clayton County Public School Systems mm-hmm. to provide paper towels, tissue, and rat traps. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> rat, tra- rat traps. Yeah, I guess the school system has had a real, uh, you know, yeah, rotten issue. Yeah, every every public school I've ever been had rats. Hell yeah. So I had to identify how did I want to get into this lane mm-hmm. for myself, right? So 
Service-based type of contracts have all these requirements and, and stipulations and things of that nature. For products, goods, or commodities, it's purely, normally, they make the award off of just price. Mm -hmm. That's the government makes the, the award just off price. So what I did was, I said, I'm going to fall into the lane of janitorial supplies, industrial supplies, knowing what I can provide. That's what I'm going to go for, right? My first bid that I ever put in for myself, that was the first one I landed. That was the first contract I ever landed. It was Clayton County Public School System. It wasn't your first time putting in a bid. It was no, your first time putting in myself, a bid for yourself. For myself, when I said that I want to win government contracts for my company. Mm -hmm. And I had identified what lane I wanted to go to because the government is the world's largest purchaser. Mm -hmm. They purchase everything you can think of, right? Plus more. That's legal. They purchase everything, right? They technically purchase something that's illegal too, don't they? <laughs> 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 so I, I had to identify what is my niche. I got to identify mm -hmm. my niche in order to get rich. Mm. I got to identify my calling so I can stop balling. Like that's that was my I thing. It's find, <laughs> finding my lane. And my lane was tissue and paper towel and rat traps. And that's how I scaled it up from there. Now you look up today, now we offer janitorial supplies. We offer furniture. We offer electronics. We offer, we are major resellers of all these major brands that we're able to resell back different products to the government. And that's been our lane, and that's what we just specialize in and focus on right there. Now, outside of that, we created to where that we educate and we empower other small businesses to tap in, to bridge the gap between small businesses and government agencies. So let's just, let's just talk about government. Let's talk about government money, period. All right. Under the federal acquisition regulations, these are all the laws and clauses that's mandated with government contracting, right? The FAR, F A R. When you understand the FAR, you will go far in government contracting. Hmm. It states that 23%, minimum 23% of government funds, federal government funds, must be allocated towards small businesses. Mm -hmm. That's mandated. That's a, that's a law. 23%. 7000000000000 trillion. Government spend about $7 trillion plus a year. 23% of that is allocated towards small businesses, purchasing services, products, goods from small businesses. So what is small business? Mm -hmm. That should be your next question. Mm -hmm. Small business under the FAR, right, under the Federal Acquisition Regulation, is in most net codes and industries is having less than 49 employees. Mm -hmm. Or and generate under twenty five million dollars a year. That's considered small business. That don't sound like small business to me, but it don't. If that's what the government say, I'm with it, right? <laughs> so now you understand that concept right there. What is the, okay? How do I enter it? That's the next person's question. How do I enter in? How do I uh, set my business up to take advantage of these opportunities that set aside for small businesses, right? So there's a site called SAM.gov. SAM.gov stands for System Awards Management. That's what. SAM stands for SAM.gov. They throwing Uncle Sam any type of way they want to. God <laughs> damn, man. Yes, sir. So SAM.gov, right? You register. You create your username and passcode on this site. Then you're able to actually start the entity registration process, right, of submitting in all your information. So the key things you need in order to become a federal contractor or to be registered in SAM system is you need to have an articles or organization, whether you're an S-Corp, C-Corp, Right, LLC, partnership, or joint venture. Then you need to have your employer identification number, a.k.a. EIN number, right? Then you need your Dunn and Bradstreet number as well. Also, you're going to need a business bank account, account number, routing number, because you're going to input this information in. Mm -hmm. The federal government pays through wire now. Mm -hmm. They don't pay through checks. They used to pay through cash.
Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Right? They used to pay cash and fists. Sheesh. Right? Years before I got in, until cash would start getting missing. Yeah. <laughs> right? They start paying checks until checks was being fraudulently duplicated. Now they pay through a wire straight mm-hmm. to your bank account information that's submitted in to the SAM registration. So be mindful when you're submitting in your information to SAM registration, make sure it's the right bank account information because they're not paying you based off of the invoice that you submit and say, hey, make payment here or cut the check here. Mm-hmm. They're going back to that same that SAM database system to make you your payment. You need to be a business bank account too, like yeah. you said. Don't make, make sure you don't, if you got multiple bank accounts at one bank, don't uh, write the wrong route number down, like you said. Right. Shit, yeah. That's how you get in. Once you submit everything in, it normally takes about 10 business days, mm-hmm. right, to get that email. Congratulations, you're now a government contractor. Then you get issued out a cage code. Your cage code only gets sent out by the government. Specifically, agency is uh, DLA. Defense Logistics, excuse me, Defense Logistics Agency. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that issue out your cage code. Your cage code is not a license to do business with the government. It's not a certification. It's purely a location of who you are, what you're about. So when the government asks you for your cage code or they pull up your cage code, I got everything about you. I got everything about the Black Wealth Renaissance business, what they can do, what they can't do, their special net codes, their core competencies, their, even their certifications. That's all what a cage code entails to the government. It's like your file. It's like your file. Absolutely. Now that you're in the SAMS war system, now you are a federal contractor, now you can compete for government contract opportunities. So the site that you see different opportunities of the government purchasing is called beta.sam.gov. That's the official government site for federal government contract opportunities. It's beta.sam.gov. Beta.sam.gov. I'll write it down. Yes, please do. Please do. So... So is uh, I'm confused. There's a beta. You said Sam. They have Sam.gov and Beta.Sam.gov. Beta is the the actual job board. That's the or opportunity the bid, board the or the bid board yeah. where all federal government contract opportunities get posted on that site. Okay, right. And Sam.gov is where you go to register. Sam.gov is where you go to register. Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. God, and I kind of even want to like backtrack. Yeah, my brother even, been kicking yeah, the yeah. Hand. You, you came through with it like straight off the rip. Oh, we just getting warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> warm up. I, I kind of want to get back to like how you even found your niche, like within the janitorial uh, supplies and everything. What prompted you, or what said, what made you say, "I'm gonna go after this contract for myself"? And I kind of like this. You know what? Right. I think I can run it up in this. That's a smart question. So what made me identify my lane or my niche was I sat back, right, and I was thinking, how do I want to enter in? But I understood that every government agency has a building. Mm-hmm. 
and I understood that every building has to be clean. Mm-hmm. Every building has to have maintenance, right? Every building has office supplies, computer supplies, furniture, and janitorial supplies. Every government agency has a building. So I said, this is a no-brainer to tap into supplies, mm-hmm. to janitorial supply side. So then we cross over to service once we built up our capacity. But we focus on just purely being a reseller of janitorial supplies and products to the government. That's it. Very simple, yeah. straightforward process. Something you ain't had to think too hard on, like you like you said, versus that service base where they start checking the bids on all these other different Yeah, categories. it's more than just pricing based yeah. off of those evaluations. Sometimes it's technical approach or past performance or ongoing performance and things of that nature or based off of your proposal, how you submit it in. But when you're selling back goods, products to the government, nine out of ten times it's purely going off of just price. Mm-hmm. Right? But then we're going to get down to that because... I want government contracts not because I was the lowest price, because I was the only price, mm-hmm. right? So when we get into that part, it really understands that, just to break down some, some t- statistics to you, 76% of government contract opportunities have five or less companies competing. Mm-hmm. 76% of government contract opportunities have five or less companies competing, right? 37% of government contract awards go to companies that only have one response. 37%, that's almost 40%. So you say almost four out of 10 companies get awarded by being the only response. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I want government contracts not because I was the lowest price, but because I was the only one. That's why I'm on this platform to spread the awareness of government contract because mm-hmm. it's important for our communities and other small businesses around this world to understand how simple and easy it is to make the government your customer. Mm -hmm. I say it's not hard to win a government contract. It's the easy part. The challenge comes from executing the contract in the terms and the conditions that you agreed upon. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. Can you provide that service in 30 days? Can you send out that product within 10 days that they asked for? That is the challenge. So if you have your supply supply chain logistics down pat, this is a walk through the park. Mm -hmm. This is a walk through the park. So, Hamza, whenever you're talking about these contracts, the 76%, are we speaking on just federal contracts? Because I know you kind of gave the blueprint for the federal contracts already. Or are these all I, also considered the other ones that you were When I speak about? on government contracts, I'm speaking as a collective. Mm-hmm. I don't segregate federal, state, local, city. It's all government money. Gotcha. So when I say government contracts and I give out these statistics, it's based off my team doing data analytic research to identify where this money being allocated to, how much money is being allocated to, and what are the demographics. Mm-hmm. So when I say these statistics, I'm speaking on government contracts as a whole. Got you. Yes, sir. On the, no, I was just saying that's on the, the, the local, the state, the city, county, county, federal. And, and I'm glad that y'all just hopped into that because I wanted to talk about the different levels of government contracting because, like you said, man, it, it all funnels down. You got the local businesses, you got your counties, your state, and your federal. And I remember when we was talking, you were like, the local businesses would much rather keep the money in the community versus Not us. must. It got to. So think about this on the federal level, right? Mm-hmm. The goal for the United States of America is to stimulate small businesses through this federal acquisition regulation, right? It's to stimulate small businesses across the United States, mm-hmm. Right? We have to spend money with small businesses to stimulate our economy. That's why I say a stimulus check was going way be up, way before a pandemic. There's been a stimulus check going out way before Corona-19, mm-hmm. way before a pandemic, way before a state of emergency. It's 
been a stimulus going out, stimulating small businesses, because small businesses will run this world, mm -hmm. right? That's a fact. Right? So, that's on the federal level. Now, you go to state, their initiative is to deploy out the opportunities or spend money with the small businesses that's in that state mm -hmm. first, right? It's to stimulate that economy. Now, let's go into city. Their initiative and goal is to stimulate small businesses that reside in that city. Why would we get money from the government and then spend it with some out-of-town companies? We're going to stimulate our own city, mm -hmm. our own county with the small businesses that reside. But how can they do business with you if they don't know you exist? So it comes up to another fun fact in data. 93% of government contract opportunities go to companies that are actively, proactively marketing their business to them. 93% of government contract opportunities go to companies that are actively, proactively marketing their business. How can they do business with you if they don't know you exist? Yeah. And it's so easy because every city, every county, every state has a purchasing department mm -hmm. to where you register as a vendor, which is free 99. Now you have access to all the opportunities that they put out as public notice. So you can submit in a bid or a quote for whatever services or product that you can offer. So wait one, wait one second. Okay. You, so you telling me I can go to yeah, how the hair boy. I, I can go to to my local city website, sign on as a vendor in a few minutes, and I can be notified of these opportunities that you're talking about. Yep. But first, I gotta have all of the other things that you said set up. You need to have your basic business, you know, foundation set up. Mm -hmm. You don't want to open up the opportunity door if yeah. you ain't able to, you know, close it. You know, want to set up the opportunity of where they come knocking at your door and you're not able to answer it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you want to have your T's crossing your I's dotted and have an actual lane in the industry, right? Because in the private sector, it's different between the public sector. It's public sector government money and government contracts is public sector money, right? In the private sector, when you're in business and you're marketing, you may run Facebook ads, mm -hmm. Instagram ads, a billboard, commercial, banner, whatever. Yeah. In this public sector, we don't need all that. We're not looking for businesses based off of commercial or Instagram ad or anything You're not like advertising that. to consumers. Exactly. This is how you market to the government. Two words for you. Capability statement. Y'all write that down too. Capability what statement. What, 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 what is a capability statement? This is exactly what I just said. It's a statement of your capability. <laughs> You're stating what you're capable of doing. That's what your capability statement. Showing your core competency, showing your value, showing your strengths. Showing your strategic partnerships, mm -hmm. showing your certifications, your net codes, your past performance, if you have any, or ongoing performance. Your capability statement is not a past performance statement. Let me be clear. Mm -hmm. Past performance is a detail or part of a capability statement, whether you have it or not. But you can just state what you're capable of doing, whether you never have done it before, ever. Mm -hmm. You can still state what you're capable of doing. I could just got into the law care business today. I just bought the lawnmower, the weed whacker, mm -hmm. all the tools and supplies and stuff like that, but never cut no grass in my life before. But if you ask me what what do you do, I say, well, we got a lawn care service. Mm -hmm. And we're this is what we're capable of doing. Because we got all the equipment and resources and tools to actually do it. So it's the so same. Capable of, of getting it done. Even if I hadn't done it before, I got the capability. This is what I'm capable of doing. And you're expressing that all on one page document. It's an eight and a half by eleven document, all on one page. Not front and back, it's one page. Not two pages, not three pages, not four pages, all on one page. It's bullet points, mm -hmm. micro content, what I like to call it. Expressing your company in a very uh, strategic, persuasive way mm -hmm. to show that you're competent. 
That's the key word you're going to hear of government agencies and government uh, contracting all the time is competency. Being competent or what your core competency is. The more you are competent, the more you're going to get compensated. That makes sense. Competency like means the competition. Yeah, I'm going to cover sir. the bars. Man, so can we, get a, can we get an example of like what the core competencies would be? So like, let's say whenever you went into the contract for yourself and you decided Global Connect's going to be a janitorial service company. Like, what, what does that capability statement look like for a product-based business? Like, well, like a, you know what I mean, like a In product. In your janitorial. Yeah. Like, In that like janitorial business, first we want to show all our strategic relationships or authorized reseller accounts that we have with different big brands that are janitorial supplies. Mm. Also, we're going to show that we have the labor, the tools, the equipment, or we have the strategic partnerships of subcontractors that we can have perform the work on our behalf because we are the Global Connects. Yeah. We, we, get, we, we specialize in administrative management and project management, right? We keep our, our net codes broad in that area that allows us to dance in any type of field because administrative management and business management is in every industry, right? Then we follow up with our net codes in AICS, North American Identification Classification System. It pretty much identifies what industry that you are mm -hmm. in, right? We identify our net codes, right? to show this is what we are experts in. And that's normally gonna be our other three, which our secondary net codes are. Our primary is gonna show project management, administrative management. Then our mm -hmm. secondary shows these are our core competencies in janitorial supplies, services, and furniture and electronics. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's what we're compiling on our capability statement. I got you. Right? 93% of government contract awards go to companies that are actively marketing mm -hmm. their business. And this is how you market your business. It's through email. It's cost effective, very cheap. Yeah. All right. Cheap. Not spending no big Man, budget on ads and stuff a like Gmail that. Account, super cheap. No Gmail. Hold oh, on. Yeah. Workspace. Workspace. My bad. You gotta get Google Workspace. You gotta use, legit. Yes. Yeah. Or you get a domain for your business because sometimes if you use Gmail, Yahoo, it goes to their junk mail. Mm -hmm. All government contracting officers' information are public information that you can aggregate and find and go straight to that government website and pull their information from and then email them out. Your capability statement, what I call engagement emails. The reason why I call it engagement email because you want them to engage with you so they know you exist. We are here to serve you in the subject box, mm -hmm. right? Our company, such and such, such and such LLC, focuses on these janitorial services or whatever industry that you're in. All right, please see our capability statement attached, right? And we look forward to doing business with you as we are just here to serve government agencies. You talk that language like that, mm -hmm. you spit that type of talk like that. You talking government contracting talk. They they like that. They hear yeah. that you're showing your competence. I was about to say you sound competent. Yes. And you sound like the thing that you stressed in there was that we're here to serve government agencies. Yes. It's not like we out here we, we working with everybody. No, we here for y'all. Only federal, state, local, city, county. We don't discriminate. Let's go. Now, the key thing is understanding this. Mm -hmm. Most people think government contracting is this. I see an opportunity. I want to go for it. I submit in the bid. Let me throw up a prayer sign and hope I win. Mm -hmm. When people hear we're winning a government contract, it's, this is not a scratch off. This is not a lottery. Mm -hmm. You're doing business and you're making the largest purchaser in the world your customer. Right? 98%, 98% of what the government purchases, it don't even go out as public notice. 98% of what the government purchase doesn't even go out as a public solicitation. 
that should let you know that it's more than than doing business than submitting a bid or a quote and hoping mm -hmm. and praying that you win. So what are the other ways of them spending the money? How are they spending the money if it's not going on going out as a bid? Mm -hmm. Oh man, let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's get that, into it now. You were showing us the tag that earlier. I was about to ask you about that. So ninety-eight percent. So okay, let's talk about the two percent that are shown. That's going to be on the beta dot board, right? Correct. Correct. Or and local, local, city, county, state. What you see, what they post for is bid opportunities. That's less than two percent. Wow. So before we get into the, the other thing, you just said so the beta dot That's for federal. That's for federal. Okay, and then everything else. Will be listed on like a state, state site, city I got site, county got site, but it's all less than two percent. What you're seeing, okay. What you see, and we in Dallas, if you, what you see in the city of Dallas procurement site, what they purchase it, that's that's less than two percent of what they spending. That's crazy. So how are they spending the rest of the money? What happened? Because I go to the small businesses. All right, like exactly. It's what you call contracting vehicles. All right, that's the language you will hear. Not metaphorically, got a contract, car, or <laughs> will. Yeah. It is a method of you using to drive yourself to a government contract opportunity. So you have what you call social economic groups, such as women-owned business, mm -hmm. right? Minority-owned business, disadvantaged business, enterprise, uh, disabled veteran-owned business, right? Hub zone companies as well, AA program and stuff like that. These are other contracted vehicles you can use to create more opportunities for the government to do business with you. So if it's set aside for women-owned businesses, yeah. only a company only that's owned. Only women that. 51%, 51%, right? Got to be 51% owner. The woman has to be 51% owner of the company to be labeled as a women-owned business. So it's only for women-owned businesses if it's set aside, right, for women businesses to only compete on. But also understand that under certain thresholds, they have to submit out for a bid or under certain thresholds they don't have to put things out for bid. Mm -hmm. So what, what what's right? that? I know you were you were showing us something earlier. That was was that uh, that state was, specific? That was that was in Georgia. Yeah. Henry County to be specific. But let's go to federal first. Okay. All right. This is under the FAR part 15, 603. All right, section 603, part 15. Yeah, this this guy know the damn yeah, label. Two thousand thirty eight pages. Stop playing man. So under the FAR Right, federal acquisition regulation. You have this clause that's called the simplified acquisition procedure. Mm -hmm. The simplified acquisition procedure, aka the simple buying process. Right for a government contracting officer or agency. Mm -hmm. All right, this law, this clause allows a government contracting officer agency to give you a no bid. Let me say that again. This. This allows a government no contracting bid. officer agency to give you a no-bid contract up to $750,000 domestically, $1.5 million internationally if your company is competent, has the capacity to perform the service or product. It allows, if I'm a government contracting officer, it allows me the opportunity to just do business directly with you if you're competent, have the capacity Right mm -hmm. to provide this service or product that I'm looking for. It eliminates me from doing the paperwork process. That's why it's called the simplified acquisition mm -hmm. or the simplified buying process. It simplifies me from not being uh, stressed out with all this paperwork because as a contract officer, I'm over more than just one one contract. One contract. Yeah. My, my, my title as a government contractor officer states that I have the authorization 
upon the United States of America to execute, modify, or terminate a contract on, a, on the behalf of the United States of America. That's how powerful a CEO position is. So to eliminate or make it more administrative, less uh, stressful, mm-hmm. I can actually tap into this simplified acquisition procedure that allows me as a contractor officer Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And under $1.5 million internationally. That's on a federal level. State level is $150,000, right? But that still varies. City County is twenty five thousand, but that varies, and we just showed you within yeah, Perry County. We're, we're, we're like right under five, under fifty k. Forty. It was like forty nine. Forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. No right? bid. No bid. So this means that under these thresholds, they can just do business with you. You're not bidding no more. They do a business, but they can't do business with you if they don't know who you are. Exactly. You're not marketing to them. That's where them emails come into play. That's where they engage do business with you. Yes. I'm here to serve you. Yes. There you go. Talk nice. Talk nice. <laughs> so now, now you ain't got to go throw it out there. I'm here. I'm at your door. Right. Right. Hello. So, right. So, Hamza, let me ask you this. With with this, right, so with these no-bid contracts, how important would you say is building relationships with these decision makers? 100% everything. 100% everything in government contracts. And these people are people you can find on public public uh, platforms, right? Yes. So if you look at it, if you're going out for a particular bid and you're submitting a quote or proposal, nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times, is a contractor, officer, purchasing agent, or buyer that's associated with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Nine out of ten times, that purchase that purchaser or contractor officer is over other government contract opportunities or over a budget. Mm-hmm. So. You grab that information and put it into your contact list because you could be marketing your business to it. So when I look for opportunities, it's not just submitting in the bid. It's aggregating that information because it's not going to be wasting my time whether we go for it or not. I still receive something. I still got mm-hmm. something valuable from it, which was a contact to someone that makes a decision whether or not they want to do business with me or not. Right? Mm-hmm. So even if we don't win a proposal or a government contract, it's still marketing to me because they saw my proposal, they see my capability statement, they see my brand, they see my logo, they know we're coming after the work, whether we win, lose, or draw. Mm-hmm. It's still a win for us. That's how my mentality look at when we submit in bids or quotes, is that we're marketing, period. Government know who Globe Connects is. That's what it's all about. 93% of government contracts go to companies that are marketing, actively marketing. They can't do business with you if, you, if they don't know you exist. And you got to stay on their behind. You just don't send out an email one week and then not follow up the next week. And be like, oh, man, they, they never hit me back. Right. These people are working what you call a nine-to-five job. Some take their job serious, some don't. So you got to know how to manage up, as I would say. So what I created, one of my systems, is that we send out our engagement emails at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we could be the first people in their inbox when they check in at work at 9 a.m. So by 9.30, we got emailed back and we overcome any type of objections, right? Because most of the time, they're going to check their first five or ten emails. By lunchtime, they come back from lunch, they mentally clocked out of work. I'm gone. I'm not responding back to nobody. I got, to, I got four hours eight. left in my body. My body breaking down all this food. I'm tired. I got the itis type. Right. 
So we try, we power performances between 8.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. That's what we try, not try, that's what we make it happen at in them time frames. That's a joke. Nah, that's, that's a big, big, big gem. And I'm glad that you brought that up. So, and I'm, because you said some of the objections, what are some of the objections you face through government contracting? Like, what's some of the stuff that you might have to hurdle over to secure that? Um, it's not more like hurdles. It's more about aligning your business with the qualifications that they want to be met. I got you. So, mm-hmm. if it's set aside for small business, make sure you're small business. If it's set aside for minority-owned business, make sure you're a minority-owned business. One thing about doing business with the government, I'm glad you asked this question, right? Man, they tell you exactly what they don't want, when they want it, how they want it. Like, who would not want to do business with a customer that tell you exactly what I want? Right? Here's the manufacturing number, here's the part number, here's the picture. Hold on, even better, here's the website where you can go get it from. Damn. So it it made me think. It made me think, right? I said, well, damn, the government buys Samsung products. They buy Autobox. All right, Autobox is a cell phone case for iPhones and Mm -hmm. iPads. Uh, They buy different type of HP products. They buy different type of uh, 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 branded furniture and things of that nature. Buy Max. Right. They buy computers, Max. I'm like, why they just want to buy, buy directly from them? Why are they going through small business? Then I realized it hit me. They not small business, Hamster. They have less, excuse me, they have more than 49 employees. Mm-hmm. They generate more than $25 million a year. Yeah. So they have to use us as the liaisons to get the certain type of services or products that they want that fall under a certain threshold. Mm-hmm. So the light bulb went up. I said, oh, we become an authorized reseller for Samsung. We become authorized reseller for Autobots. We become authorized reseller for uh, for HP. Mm-hmm. We become authorized reseller for all these other furniture major brands. Now, not only are we small business, minority-owned business, we also authorized to resell back these products that y'all buy all the time. Now come shop with your boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too about the the strategic partnerships that you Mm -hmm. kind of talked about earlier. How does one go about becoming an authorized reseller or a strategic partner of some of these companies? Right, that's a great question because it's about following the qualification requirements of that brand or of that that, uh, manufacturer or distributor. Whatever partner portal or wholesale account or reseller account qualification requires you have to meet, such as having the articles organization, your EIN DUNS number, right? Also having a business license. Sometimes they want an STI, sales tax identification number, or, or, or resale license, depending mm-hmm. on what city or county or state you can check with your uh, State Department Revenue uh, website, and they will tell you the requirements for it being uh, a reseller or authorized reseller of certain brands or products and stuff like that. But normally, it's really a straightforward type of qualification requirements, and if you can meet them, then you get approved. It's not hard to be a reseller for major products. You know what I mean? They want resellers. Of course. Because they're trying to get it out. And I'm glad you brought this up because I remember we were talking. I want to talk about the MacBooks. That's why I brought up the MacBooks. Mm -hmm. I remember you told me you had, it was like eight of them that you had. Fifteen. Fifteen of them. sold to the city of Atlanta. Can you go through how you did that? Because we know that you can become a reseller. Right. Certain brands. Apple is a bit more. Yeah, big. Apple because Apple don't have no reseller. There's no reseller. Most Apple, you gotta, you know, it's, it's their own store. store. Right. So I seen the opportunity go out for for MacBook uh, Pro laptops, and I'm like, they they want Mac, but it's not. You just go buy it from Mac. No, they buy it. They want to buy it for small business. So I was like, well, it's 
no small business really have authorized resale accounts for, for Apple products. So I did the most common sense way, right? I went to Best Buy, right? I seen the MacBook Pros going for fourteen ninety nine, mm -hmm. right? I marked it up, three hundred and fifty dollars, right? For each MacBook, I put three fifty on top, so I'm selling them at fifteen hundred round up, eighteen fifty. Submitted in my bid, right? It was me and one other competitor, and I beat them by twenty one dollars. So clearly, they must do the same thing I did, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's all. Awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. Got awarded a government contract. Went to Best Buy, purchased the MacBooks, you know. You know, shout out to my brother, he has Sabrina, because he's an engineer for Apple, so I got an extra 15% corporate discount. Come on, man. <laughs> so, that, so that went to my bottom line, right? I got the laptops, and I supplied them to them. The following week, I got a check. Not net 30, it was more like net 10. I got paid. So let's go into payment terms. This is how I got paid so fast. Most of the government pays through net 30 mm -hmm. type of payment. Under the FAR, the Federal Acquisition Regulation, you have a clause in there that referenced towards the Prompt Pay Act, mm -hmm. right? Prompt Pay Act is like discount payment terms, discount payment terms. You can discount your invoice by 1%. You can get paid in 30 days or you can get paid in 10. That's my little riddle, Yeah, you know? But that's true. You can discount your invoice by 1% to get paid in 10 days. Instead of 30 days mm -hmm. through the prompt pay act. That's pretty right. dope. That reminds me of like whatever you got PayPal, Cash App, all right. that. Like, oh, you want to speed this process up? Give us a little percentage. And shit, 1%, that's actually a smaller percentage than I think they'd be asking for. It. Right. Yeah. But guess what? We we factor that 1% discount in our actual bid. So we get awarded it. We're really not, it's already accounted for, pretty much. So it's not really discounting it's a anything. Discount. It's a discount. <laughs> Playing with the terminology and making sure that you stand in the uh, staying in the parameters. Yes, yes. And there was uh, so I wanted to also just ask like, with products, you at least gotta have the money to supply the products, correct? Or are you setting up net thirties with those companies? There you go. Talk to me nice. Now I want my first government contract in 2016, mm -hmm. right? Um, didn't have the funds to actually purchases the product will have the, the financing to finance the actual contract. What I did was took my government contract because that's like guaranteed money. That's that's like a... That's guaranteed that's money. You got asset. a government contract. A, excuse me. You got a profitable government contract that's guaranteed money. The, the last thing you need to be worried about is how to get the financing for it. But I'm going to give you some gems on how to get financing too. Right? So I took that contract and I went straight to my supplier and said, hey, I ain't got no money, but I got a government contract. Straight transparent, mm -hmm. right? They did their research on me, right? Uh, they vetted me out. They set me up a net 30 account. So when the government was purchasing the supplies, I had five days to deliver to them. So once I got the purchase order, I just sent it over to my supplier and they sent it straight to them. De delivered. Once they deliver, I send in my invoice. That's how we did it for the first year. I saved all my profit margins the first year that way. Then the second year, I went and purchased the product directly from my supplier vendor. My profit margins went up 11% because now I'm not getting fronted, mm -hmm. right? You're gonna get fronted at a higher rate. But now I'm purchasing this up in bulk up front, now I get a discount mm -hmm. on that. So my margins went up 11% from doing that. Sheesh. Yeah, so this is how you can leverage the white piece of paper and turn it into green piece of paper. I like you that. You feel me? Yeah. That's what it's about. So the government offered these different types of assistance. Mm -hmm. So under the SBA Small Business Association, you have what you call Small Business Development Centers that's in every city 
in every state across this map. These small business development centers will give you access, right? They will give you a list of the banks, funding companies, invoice factoring companies that will finance your project, whether it's a federal, state, or local government contract. So not only the government spending money with you as a small business, then they give you the resource so you can get the financing to finance the actual project that they try to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> they just really, like you said, it's a stimulus way before the stimulus. It's a stimulus made. way before the stimulus. So it's like my thing is that the fiscal year for the government is October to October. They have to spend this money in this time frame in order to get a new budget or a new increased budget for the next fiscal year. So my thing is why not do business with someone that essentially has to do business with you? It's an alley-oop. Now, it depends on you how you want to dunk it. You want to rock the cradle? You want a 360 windmill between the leg for the free throw line? However you want to slam dunk and finish your alley-oop. But that's what it is. Yeah, don't get, don't try to get too fancy or go, go hang yourself on your Yes. One thing about it, don't go for no government contract that you can't execute. Because once you get awarded, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. The easy part is winning and securing the government contract. The challenge comes from executing the contract and the terms and conditions that you agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Can you supply that product in 30 days that they asked for? Can you do that service in 10 calendar days like they asked for? That's the challenge, is having those those project mani- manage- managerial skill sets mm-hmm. to make sure you execute your contract. Don't go after anything you can't execute. That's how you save yourself. Mm-hmm. Not um, 50% sure, 70% sure. No, no, this is my lane. This is what I can execute. Let's go. What my core competencies is. Exactly. So I'm glad you're speaking on execution because I wanted to ask you something. Uh, a few weeks back, we were speaking with a CPA, um, Suzanne, and she had mentioned to us that this was something that had bust our heads was that like on the average million dollar contract, government contract, they'll only net like fifty thousand. Is that an execution issue? Um, that is, uh, or is that kind of like industry standard type thing? So it's not even an industry standard because every contract is is a case by case scenario. Mm-hmm. There's no Oh, you're only gonna make 10% on government contract, you're only gonna make 20%. That's that's BS. Mm-hmm. I have contracts I made 50%, 150%, 200%, 80%, mm-hmm. 15%. Is it usually more like the products that they have higher margins like that? No, that's a case by case scenario, and that's how you dissect what the government is asking for in the scope of work. So, as you as the entrepreneur reading the solicitation, reading what the government is asking, and then you coming up with a strategic way to cut costs and provide value. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, <clears throat> on a million dollar government contract that's related in construction, everybody knows, not everybody don't know, but if you don't know, construction industry is standard is 15, 20% gross, mm-hmm. right? You're going net 10 to 15% on contract. That's why I say it's a case by case scenario. So no one can technically tell you, you're going to only make this on a million dollar contract. Just all right. Like I have mentors, you know, heavy hitters, you know, that, just secured a five-year, $80 million contract to supply tissue and paper towels throughout the, all of the uh, prison bureau systems in Florida. That's crazy. And that's 38% margins net on $80 million. Jeez. You follow what I'm saying? So Jeez. when people ask me about the, the what's the profit margin like, I say, well, I don't know your industry. Mm-hmm. I don't even worry about percentages. I worry about the dollar amount. Then I convert it over to percentages, right? So if I got a $100,000 project, and it cost me eighty to do it. That means that we're netting twenty. We're netting twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which is converted over to percentages yeah. is twenty percent. I never say twenty percent. Put it on top because it's a case by case scenario. And anyone that try to say what profit margins are in government contracting is absolutely wrong. Straight up. 
It's always going to be a contract basis based off of that contract, based off that scope of work. The government can say, hey, we want this building right here to be cleaned out, 1,000 square foot of this building cleaned out, all the bathrooms be cleaned out and everything like that, provide us a price. The next janitorial contract could be is 10,000 square foot, all right? And we don't want none of the bathrooms cleaned out. And we want you to provide all the supplies and things of that nature mm -hmm. while you're doing the work. Another one say, we don't want you with all the supplies. Just be the labor. Just come clean. We're going to supply you with the, 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 the greaser and the, and the supplies and the, and the tissue and the paper towel that you may need. So... You got to read the solicitation because it's a case by case scenario. It's never government contract going to be the same. Like this. It's something that you may be compared to, but it's not the same. Mm. Appreciate you clearing that up, yes, man. Like I said, I, whenever I heard it, I was like, damn, that's crazy because, like, you know, the government, I think about a lot of municipalities with the, the whole bidding system, they'll just go for whoever probably has the lowest bid, right? So I figured that maybe that could end up having some people shoot themselves in the foot that way. Maybe they underbid they sell for the See, the thing about it is <laughs> just cause you the lowest price don't mean you right. Right? If this if this if the government, your customer is projecting to spend a hundred thousand dollars on this actual contract, right? And you submitted a bid for ninety K, you submitted in a bid for eighty K and I came in at twenty K, you think they gonna award it to me? Probably not. Like, he, he don't. He's not competent. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what he gonna say. Something he missed out in the scope of work. Yeah. He's lowballed so hard, we can't do business with him. He might give us a headache because once we award a contract, it's time to rock and roll. The last thing the contract officer want to do is unaward a contract. That's a headache. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is contract termination. That's more work. That's why they, they, they evaluation process is a certain way so to make sure they're picking a competent company. Because once we award you a contract, we believe that it's time for you to go. It's time yeah. to make, make the work happen. You follow what I'm saying? Mm. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of want to move forward with even disaster relief and some of the mm. some of the things like even with corona of how it was such a gold mine for government contractors. Like you said, the PPE, uh, and even like whenever hurricanes come through with the water, or even whenever uh Puerto Rico got hit hard with the uh with the hurricanes, they needed tissue and they needed uh, paper towels and they needed water shipped there too. And I kind of want to talk about how you can make money through that Listen, in government contract. Listen, at perfect time. This is this happened uh, a few months before COVID-19, right? I registered my business with the critical supply list in Georgia, right? Where you can register with, with the state, right, for the critical supply list and we show post the different supplies that we offer. This is like three months before COVID, right? COVID hit. The next thing you know, I'm waking up to purchase order emails from all different hospitals in the Metro Atlanta area and surrounding areas. You need a thousand gowns. What's your price and how fast you can deliver? This was not a competitive bid. This was all purchase order, no bid contracts. I was getting so overwhelmed, I was declining work because I don't want to take on what I what we can't execute. It's honesty, right. integrity, and smart work. That's my three principles that I rock on. That's how you stay in business. That's how you keep business. That's how you're never going to go out of business. Honesty, integrity, smart work. Have honor in your price. Have integrity that you're going to do exactly what you say you're going to do in that contract when no one's looking. And then you get it done with smart work. Right? We subcontract out the work or we outsource the work. Purely that. And it's perfectly legal and permissible to do with the government. Mm -hmm. 
You can subcontract out the work or you can outsource the work to other qualified vendors or companies that perform the work on your behalf. But that's where project management comes from and administrative management comes from because you because they're representing your company. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that they're performing correctly. You want to make sure you manage them pro properly because they are a reflection of you. Uh -huh. The contracting office is not going to go to the sub or the vendor saying, this ain't right, this ain't right. They're coming to the prime. Because mm -hmm. you, you, they point a contract. And that's what I teach my students and my clients, how to be prime contractors. We're not coming in to get subbed out anything. We do the subbing, mm -hmm. which is perfectly legal. And you can be a brand new company straight from scratch. I got so many students that just started companies out of the woodworks mm -hmm. and securing winning government contracts on a whole nother level, changing the whole life. Damn. That's, that's hard. So, so with, with the subcontractors um, and the project management, can you explain like how does that like how does that work with the project manager piece of it? Like what does what are some of the, the roles that would go into being a project manager for this type of thing? Uh, facilitating the of course the subcontracting agreement, setting the tone for us, what's the expectancy, what we what we're looking for from your company through mm -hmm. the scope of work and things of that nature. Right? Also uh, managing the schedule, right? Also with the administrative side, making sure your pre submittals are submitted in, if it's service based with the government, your closeout submittals are done, making sure receipt of delivery has been delivered to the actual customer, right? And then invoicing. Like all of those factor into project management and administrative management. It needs to get done when you're subbing out or when you're outsourcing work. Okay. Good question. Good question. So, you know, you're in this product-based business and you're doing all of these things. Like you said, you know, first year, you went strict net 30s and everything. Surely, you got to have a warehouse now. You got your team right. who's helping you out and everything. How, right. how do you manage all of this? Oh, yeah. We have no warehouse. All right? No warehouse. I keep no supplies on hand on any of that. I work based off the government contract. Once we get a contract, it's time to go to work, right? And and the reason I say it that way is because we already created a relationship with our vendors, suppliers, distributors, manufacturers to resell back this product, or we have a list of subcontractors that can perform this work on our behalf, mm -hmm. right? So we don't need actual product on hand. It's just gonna collect dust. Until it got a government contract, that's when it's gonna get shipped out. So once we get the actual contract, we just send that over to our suppliers, vendors, distributors, or manufacturers, and then they perform the, the, the logistics on our behalf. So by the time they receive it, that's the same time they send. I send the invoice. Damn. So yes, you don't need the supplies, equipment, tools, labor to actually win a government contract. The government don't know who you are. They only know what you submit again. So if you submit in paperwork that shows that you're competent, you submit in paperwork that shows your strategic relationships, and you submit in paperwork showing that you can execute this job, then they will do business with you. They're not saying, oh, hold on, Brandon, let me come see uh, if you got a warehouse. Hold on, let me see you. Let me see your employees and your staff. Let me come see your office building. Mm -hmm. You know, no, you're the expert. You're the, you're the, you're the business owner. Mm -hmm. You set the expectations. Prime example, I had Fulton County, and I got awarded a, uh, a furniture contract. We were supplying uh, executive furniture, furniture desks to all the county attorneys' offices, right? And I got awarded a, it was a little lightweight, it was like a little 12 grand contract, right? So we netted crazy, like 200%. How about to tell you, furniture, profit margins are, all right? Now, they said, well, we want to come by your uh, your store and to pick out what type of office desk that we want. So a lot of people would have started sweating bullets, like, I ain't got a store, did I said, I said, uh, yeah, that would be no problem, but that's not how we operate, all right? We're going to send you over this digital catalog, and you can pick from what mm -hmm. furniture that you want and then we'll ship it directly to you right we don't keep any inventory we don't keep any inventory on hand I'm, 
I'm not lying. See, yeah. and I'm not going around it. I'm answering directly, being transparent. Honesty, integrity, smart work. We don't keep any. We don't keep any furniture on hand. However, here's our digital catalog that you can pick from, and then once you pick what you want, then we will go ahead and place the order, process the order with our supplier. Had it delivered to them. Exactly. And I kind of want to get into once again with the supply chain and everything like that. Did you have any issues with COVID with getting some of the PPP, uh, getting some of those things over from suppliers? Because we know that the supply chain went. It went one, down. Yeah, one, and, that's one, when, and that's when the government spent more money with domesticated products. Because mm. it, it was a lot of uh, uh, what you call um, barriers for as the tariff rates went up and things of that nature. And at one point it came to where the government, especially for PPE, they was like, you know, if it's coming from China, it's permissible. At one point in time, that's how bad of a that's how of a, a great demand it was for PPE supplies. They were saying that it's okay if it's coming from China. But that's was that was when domesticated manufacturer companies were to make the bread on the butter. Or the butter on the bread. How did it go? <laughs> they were here to get the money because now they pay more just because it's here, it's on the ground, it's in the states. And you know it costs more to manufacture stuff here than it is in other other countries. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Okay. So profit margins went up during COVID. Long story short. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> I just, I just yeah, didn't know. All that money they printed, they had to spend it somewhere. They spent, look, they printed what, like 25% of the money in existence? That's a prime example. Under the FAR, you have things like state of emergency or, or these pandemics to where that we eliminate putting stuff out for bid and waiting on Straight. qualified prices to come in because Simplified. we in a state of emergency. Man, during the COVID, you didn't have to register a SAM to do business with the federal government. Damn. Damn. We don't got time for you to submit that into the database system we to wait for you. No, we need these PPE supplies. We need this hand sanitizer. We need these gowns. We need these things. By the way, it introduced me to create my own hand sanitizer. Oh, there we right. go. We got to talk about that. <laughs> I was actually going to go there next. But I ain't going to lie. Actually, actually, before that, I wanted to talk to about your student son because mm -hmm. you, you did mention it, and I think that's something I don't want to graze over. You said you got people coming in. They ain't got... They ain't never did this before, but they're getting awarded government contracts. Right. Can we talk about like yes. what it looks like to be a student of your program? All right, so 2020, January 1st, 2020, we came to social media. Now, on my first post, you could go back to it, actually probably say December 30th, 2019. Like, like my first post was January 1st, right? Before COVID, before any of that. And my goal was to spread, and it's still the same goal, is to spread awareness of government contracts. I wanted to make content about my life. Like, people don't know what I actually do. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't look like the regular person that posts a no government contract. Man, this is hidden information. It was like, if you know, you know type of thing. So my goal was to break the misunderstanding and myths of government contracts. I was, my goal was to take six new businesses, six fresh new scratch new businesses, not new businesses entering, not business entering into government contracting mm -hmm. for the first time, but straight 
from scratch new business. We, fresh we new just LLC. made our LLC. There we go. Talk to me. My goal is to take six new businesses to six figures in contract value by the end of 2020. So within one year. We exceeded that goal. We took eight new businesses, right? And two of the eight businesses generated seven figures in contract value. Come on, man. That's right. Hard. And we did it less than a year. We did it in 10 months. Hey, man, something about you in 10 months and seven <laughs> figures just go together, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Sheesh. Let's go. So it's based off how we teach, by how we understand and show you the, the system and the process and our strategies and our hacks and our tips and our tricks within doing business with the government. Mm-hmm. Right? I got a little bit over seven years of experience. I got in, in this industry at 24 years old. I got in to where I was already winning contracts for companies. So I understood the paperwork process. I understood the proposal process. I understood how to, it's a blessing, right? To, to be that young, to learn something that's not spoken on, has no mainstream media attention at all whatsoever. Right? So we fast forward now, I'm 33. Right? Now I have this this full knowledge base and, and experience and proven track record, right? To where then I'm pouring in what I've got all in my brain from seven years ago into other people so they're seven years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So their results happen rapidly and quickly way before I did. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're taking out yeah. all of the guesswork, all of the mistakes yes. that were done. Yes, let's talk about mistakes because I'm gonna lost money on government contracts. I don't lost my shirt, my back. I oh, lost my feet. Let's, let's talk about I it. I lost my mind when I got that back. You feel me? <laughs> but guess what? I can lose on myself. You feel me? You can you can get defeated, but that don't mean you lost though. You know, it's a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I know what not to do. Okay, I know what to do next. And that's what I prevent any of my students and my clients from getting into because I don't walk down the roads where I'm walking into a government contract knowing I'm going to lose 15 grand on. So now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to reduce my loss because I didn't read the solicitation all the way thoroughly to where that I terribly underbidded myself. Mm-hmm. You got to have mental fortitude to walk into something knowing that you're going to lose money and you still got to do it because you want to keep your you want to keep your reputation. You want to keep your reputation right. You want to keep your your brand correct. You want this honesty, integrity, smart work. So you take it to the chin. You take it to the chin. <laughs> you know. So I know those feelings. Long nights, early mornings, losing money, breaking money, breaking even on money, and breaking even on contracts and things of that nature. So I'm not speaking all just the wins, successes, all that. Let's talk about the trials and tribulations. All right. If I'm around successful people, right? If I'm around people that's killing it in my eyes, my first thing is. Where you fuck up at? Where did you, you feel to, at? You had to, you had to go at. through something to get to this point. Yeah. I want to know about that part because that's the gems. That's what I'll pay you for. I want to hear about the glitz and glamour and the trophies and the wins and the championships. Let me hear about them long, nights, nice, stomach touching your ribs. You feel what I'm saying? Back against the wall. You have no choice but to go up. I want to hear that because that's what's going to make me get the gems, get valuable information, and know what not to do because I don't want to go down that road. So I save people from that by giving that experience along with my strategies I created based off of me consistently being in this industry. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Can, can you share one of your biggest fuck-ups on the contract? Okay, of course. Hell yeah. I'm glad you asked. So listen, I've got this trash bag bid. I don't know, like 1,000, 1,500 trash bags that the government want, right? Um, me not reading the solicitation all the way through, right, cost me of the bag, mm-hmm. right? 
from my supplier, my vendor, they thinking that I'm purchasing all these trash bags at one time. So they gave me a price point on that, which is going to be pretty cheap, pretty competitive. Because it's bulk. Because it's bulk. In the solicitation, in the contract, right up under the scope of work, and them expressing the type of trash bag they wanted, it said right up under there in one sentence that this would not be a one-time buy. We'll be purchasing over the course of 12 months. Oh, so my my supplier vendor gave me prices based upon one time buy, not twelve months. Because if it was twelve months, it would be way higher. And I locked in my pricing with them based off of bulk pricing all up front. So it made me lose a lot of money, especially with the shipping, especially within the actual product price point, because I'm getting my prices locked in at a one month rate whenever I need it. Or one purchase rate. Yeah, one purchase rate. Instead From 15 of fifteen to a thousand to fifteen. Right. Instead of over 12 months, they purchasing this. And that comes from not reading and rushing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always tell all my students and my clients, make sure you read everything thoroughly because the government is going to be very clear. You missing one sentence can cost you 15 grand. You missing one paragraph or not comprehending one paragraph can cost you 100 grand. Be mindful and understand and take your time when you read those solicitations. So I always advise... Your first 10, 15 solicitations, read them all, every last page. I don't care if it's 100 plus pages, read every last page. After your 15th time, you're going to start seeing what's redundant. And they say the same clause that they said in the last solicitation. Now you're going to know what to skip. Mm. Now you know how to take a shortcut without it biting in your behind because you know what you're looking for now because you read this stuff over and over and over. Mm -hmm. That's what how I, I read it over and over and over, all the way through. If it's 200 pages, I'm reading all 200 pages. Now I know what's repetitive all the time. So we skip that now. Now I could, I could throw through a 200-page solicitation two minutes. You know what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. Ready to rock and roll. You know what I mean? So if you're serious about this, you have to, you have to read. If you're serious about doing business with the government, it's going to take a high level of administrative management. Because you can go after as many government contracts you want. You can submit in 50 bids. Can you... Execute 50 bids if you win them? That's the question. Because there's no limitation on how much you can submit in proposals or quotes for for opportunities. But what if you get awarded all of them? And you got to have organization skills because you got to keep up tasks with those opportunities because you don't find out who you, when you get awarded right after you submit in your bid. It could take up to 30 days. It could take up to 60 days. So you got to have organization skills, admin skills to keep files and records of what you submitted in. Cause you ain't gonna remember off of your back if you spend multiple opportunities. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a, a system yeah, into yeah. play. It takes system and a process. And we had to create from scratch because government, you just don't say, oh, I got a government contract to build and help me out with some systems and process. It's like, no, you have to go through the trials and errors and we all get, all right, all right, let's tweak this. Okay, let's tweak this here. Okay, let's add this here. Okay, now we got it running like a well-oiled machine. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So process and system is key into business period, but especially into doing business with the government. Because you want to keep track record of all those of all that information. Whether you win, lose, or draw. If you if you don't win, it's still database so you can see, you know, where you why you lost or or see opportunity that may be comparable to another one that you may be going for. Because it's all data. And data is currency. Data That's a fight. He who has the most information wins the negotiation. Don't you agree? That's more information, more compensation, <laughs> right? So 
Just because you don't win that actual bid, that don't mean that you delete it. You store that information because it may be something else that comes out comparison to that that you can reference to. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, well, you ain't got to go thumbing through 200 pages again. Exactly. Man, you know exactly how to go so, marketing. Honestly, man, I got to ask. For all people that's listening, I know somebody that's here and is the interest. They're like, man, I don't I, 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 I need a link with this brother, man. How does somebody become one of your students to... Okay, so learn about government contracts. Okay, so we offering services right now. I have a one-hour consultation. Mm-hmm. That's what that, it's a one-hour consultation with myself. That's for people people that have particular specific questions or things that they want to know within government contracts, right? Um, knowing me, I'm going over deliver, so it's probably going to go longer than an hour, <laughs> right? I can't help it, right? I'm doing what I love to do. It's passion. When you work with passion, it's a different type of feeling. It is like automatic. We have a five-day boot camp. Right, the five-day boot camp covers everything of government contract on a federal, state, local level. When you leave outside of that five-day boot camp, you're gonna be well equipped to go catch your own fish. You're gonna be well equipped to go create your own results. All right, only take 20 students at a time for this class. You have to qualify. All right, you sign up for a 15-minute consultation on our website. All right, theglobalconnects.com, or go to our Instagram, globalleader underscore. Click the link in the bio. Set up your 15-minute consultation. One of our team members is going to go through the consultation. If you're a good fit, you're going to get elected. All right? Also, in the five-day boot camp, we create you your capability statement at the end of the five-day boot camp, right? Also, we assist you on your first bid, right? We hold your hand, walk you through the process because I'm being something that I didn't have in this industry. I'm being who I did. I wish I had. That's why we create these services, right? That's big. Um, also, in the live, it's a live five-day boot camp, live virtual five-day boot camp, right? You get the replay to each class each day. You get the replay, and guess what? It's yours for life. Reason being, because we want you to go make results, go win, because when you win, I win. When you grow, we grow. Mm-hmm. Follow what I'm right. saying? So that's our five-day boot camp. I'm rolling out the mentorship program. It's going to come out in 60 days. You're going to have to qualify for that, and it's a limited availability for, for the mentorships, right? But guess what? I do a We Global Wednesday, every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I go live, and I just teach government contracting, right? Once a month, the last Sunday of every month, I do a free live webinar mm-hmm. for people that can't afford our services, all right, or may not get elected to for us to perform our services, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a free live Q&A. So it's like we have these paying services, but also we're about empowering our communities and other small businesses. So here we can get free content. Free information. Yeah. We go to Wednesday and we do a live uh, free call webinar the last Sunday of every month, faithfully, religiously. And we go we global Wednesday. This is on Instagram. This is on Instagram. Yes, follow us on uh, global leader underscore, right? And we go live every Wednesday, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we just go over some government contracting gems. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I kind of want to go into one of your student stories because whenever you told me this story, I was just like, damn, this is really life changing. Mm-hmm. The airport in Texas. Pearl Jones. Pearl Jones, one of the one of, one of the one of the many success stories uh, for us building her business within government contracting. Before I launched the company to social media as promotion and brand awareness of our firm, I did over four hundred one hour free consultations. Right, well, all within like ninety days. I did four hundred free one hour. So that's imagine, a, that's a lot of time imagine. You know my energy. You know how I am. So imagine those one hours went over one hour, right? <laughs> so we did over 400 one-hour free consultations, 
right? She was one of those one-hour free consultations, right? Consulting over the phone is things of that nature. Backing against the wall, telling me these stories, and I'm like, well, here's the recipe. This is what you need to do. So I'm pouring in back, right? She started our company January 10th of 2020, all right? Come April, Ninety days later, right? She wins her first contract, her first bid she ever submitted in, right? For uh, janitorial cleaning, for FEMA. It turned out to be a six-month contract, six-month probationary federal contract. So it's like, depending on how you perform, is if we're going to extend this contract or not, right? It wound up that she did a great job so far that the contractor officer extended the contract for 30 years. 30? 30 years! That's that's a generation. So That's two generations. That's something that I, I have never seen before, but it makes sense because where this contract was happening for FEMA, it was in Beeville, Texas. Are we in Texas right now? So it was in Beeville, Texas, right? And they're in, I call it in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So there's no other surrounding companies that can perform this janitorial service on a consistent basis. So they put it out for solicitation. So whatever company they elected, depending on how they perform, we're just going to give it to them for the whole life of our lease. Now, let, let me explain lease. Government does not buy their buildings. Why? Why they don't buy their buildings? Because they got to spend the money. got to stimulate their... They got to spend the money. So they do long-term leases on it. So if you're a real estate agent, a real estate broker, tap in with me. There's a lot of opportunities with it. Right, Jeez. so the, the 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 lease on that building is thirty years. So they gave the contract of the term of how long they have the building. So now she has a thirty year contract that she subbed out one hundred percent, right? Wow, to a company locally here in Texas, Beeville, Texas, that's doing the work. Right, she moved from Chicago, bought her dream home down in Florida. Right, put all whole family on. Now run the family business. That's hard. That's one contract. Then use that. Right, because I teach my students once you secure your government contract, let's put it on your capability statement now. Let's market it because now we're going to get no bid, sole source opportunities. We shouldn't be bidding no more. No, that's the most basic way of winning the government contract. We're doing business with the government. It's just to get your foot in the door. Get your foot in the door. Now we in. Let's let's, 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 let's take over. Let's take over. They gave me a 30 year contract. Why wouldn't you want to work with me? So now we leverage that opportunity to where that. Uh, she recently reached out to me. It was like, yeah, man, I got this uh, sole source awarded contract for the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, Egypt for water restoration for $750,000. Based off of me being woman-owned and my past performance and ongoing performance that I have. She said, I'm out here in Egypt right now. Man, this is no hot water, no uh, you know, cold showers. And all that. I said, I'll take cold showers for a couple weeks for seven fifty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's killing it right now. Yeah. Scaling up her business now and just using all this performance and ongoing performance and past performance as leverage and using her social economical group as women-owned business. That created her crazy opportunity. So within one year, she generated over a million dollars in federal government contracts. Off of a free one-hour consultation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the power of taking action right there. That's just the power, the power of the information. Implementing the information that you get. Information is useless if you don't use it. It's useless if you don't use it. You're more worse than the person that don't know nothing if you know all the information and never applied it. You're worse than the person that's ignorant. Mm, that's the true ignorance. Yes. 
You got the intel. You got the recipe to go cook up your meals. I ain't talking about M-E-A-L-S. I'm talking about the M-I-L-L. You got the recipe to cook up your meals, and you talking about I'm starving. I'm hungry. But you got the recipe, and you got the tools to go cook up your own opportunity. But you you, you saying, uh, not today, maybe next week. See, procrastination is an arrogant way of thinking God owes you another day to do what you're supposed to do. Mm. Say that one more time. I need, re, 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 redo that. You got the right button. Oh, nah, look at it. Look at it. I said, procrastination is an arrogant way of thinking that God owes you another day to do what you're supposed to do. You should not be procrastinating on your destiny. You should be doing, as my motto is, the small steps towards the big goal every day. That's how you tackle big shit. That's how you go after the big old goals. You say, okay, big old the big old goal. Because a lot of people get anxiety and stressed out by seeing the big old goal. And they try, I got to get there, I got to get there. This is how you get there. Day one, do the small steps. It's a checkoff, checkoff list. What are the small steps I can do today? God gave me 24 hours to operate today. What am I going to do today to get me towards my bigger goal? About 30 days pass, 90 days pass, 120 days by, I'm like, damn, I'm here. Because every day you was doing something small mm-hmm. to get to that big goal. And most people want to do something big every day to get there. Mm-hmm. But really just take the little steps. Because it, it compounds. I call it compound goal interest. Because it's going, it's going to compound. It's going to go on top, on top, on top, on top. And by you look your head up, you're going to be like, wow, we, we built something. Wow, we, we accomplished this. Wow, I didn't even know we smashed that goal. Mm-hmm. Like that. How I was going how I was going to take six new businesses to six figures in contract value. I, I knew the goal. I knew the vision. I spoke it. I speak it, believe it, and receive it. I spoke it out there. Mm-hmm. And I believed it. So damn sure I knew I was going to receive it. But it was no how I'm going to get here. I got to pour in every day. Mm-hmm. Every time I get on a call, every time I get a one-on-one coaching, say, oh, I'm pouring in. I'm giving soul. I'm giving it all I got. I treat every client like it's my last client. I treat every platform that I speak on like this is going to be my last time speaking. I give it out. I give it all. Period. As long as I do that, it's going to create results. It's going to hit the airwaves. Somebody's going to get enlightened by this call right here. Somebody's going to get enlightened by this podcast interview right here. Somebody's going to turn the fuck up based off this information that we're giving out right now. And that's, and that's, goal, that's what I get... Uh, a thrive off of that what keeps me going my drilling and pumps up because I know somebody's gonna receive this and turn up and that's what keeps me going most people's like how you wired up like that why you so wired up like that why you stay geeky they would say you know what I'm saying why you just you always on it it's my passion mm-hmm. see your passion comes first and then your commitment because whatever you're passionate about you automatically committed to it you're passionate about your significant other spouse girlfriend boyfriend right anything that you love Right, you're passionate. It automatically makes you committed. Mm-hmm. So when you're passionate about someone that you love, you automatically committed to loving them, which allows you to be consistent. So passion plus commitment equals consistency. So when you operate off of passion, you're gonna automatically be committed. And when you automatically committed, then you're gonna be operating consistent. consistent. And when you operate consistent, can nobody stop you? There's no resistance. Mm. There's no resistance when you're consistent. You Come feel on, me? Man. He got the bars for real, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. That, and that's real. It's not like it's just bars. It's the same no, bars. That's real it, talk. Yeah. 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 Like whenever you consistently focused on doing whatever it is that you need to be doing, the results going to come. Right. It, it has to come because you're not 
Especially if you really working. Right. If you really working on some shit, you can't you can't put in what that's not how the universe works. Nah. If you pour into it, it's gotta come you back. Don't get what you want. Yeah. The question is, are you ready for what you want? That's the billion dollar question I had to ask myself. Are you ready for what you want? A lot of people want this, want that, want that, but are you ready? Are you physically ready? Are you spiritually ready? Are you mentally ready? Here I didn't say about financially ready because you ain't got to be financially ready to go get whatever you want in life. Feel me? Your mindset is everything. If your mind ain't right, your grind ain't going to be tight. Mm. Simple. Mindset over everything. You have to have the mindset of that I am a doer, not just a thinker. I'm a, I make actionable steps. All right? Uh, 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 one of these dope entrepreneurs, you know, shout out to uh, Nehemiah Davis, right? He said either it's going to work or it's going to work. He said success, su- success loves speed. You ain't moving on the opportunities that's laid out in front of you. Then how do you think you're going to get to the next step? You dragging your feet with opportunity right here on the table, and you dragging to it. It's just waiting. You to better get move up. with some. You better move with some sense of urgency, because these opportunities don't come all the time. Mm-hmm. You feel me? You got to be ready for what you want. You got to have that mindset: either it's gonna work or it's gonna work. That's how my mindset is. That's how I'm just triggered. That's how I'm wired. Anything I touch turn to gold. I speak that into my life. It's gonna work. I'm not worried about that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like when your mindset is like that, you on that mamba mentality, you feel me? Read a dope book by Kobe Bryant. Man, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Legend. That, that even speaks to the preparation that goes into that. A lot of people are afraid or they doubt themselves because they're not prepared. They didn't do the work and take the necessary steps, like you said, to be ready to receive this stuff. Right. And that's why you have people who doubt themselves and say, ah, it might not work. Like Kobe Bryant. Kobe never gave a fuck about shooting the ball. Mm-mm. He didn't care he if it was going in or not. Right. You know why? I'm going to shoot the shot. Because he didn't put up 100, 200 reps the night before. Right. So it don't matter. Right. Broken arm still at the free throw line. Practicing. You feel me? Like that's that Mamba mentality that you got to have. All the greats. Anybody successful that you think they're successful, that, that you admire, they all got something in common. And they're going to say the most thing that you hear that's generic all the time. They're going to say, man, your mind got to be right. They're not lying. Your mindset is everything. They all going to say that. Man, your mind got to be right. Because they know what it takes to get to a certain level. And they understood that my mindset got to be on point, on, on bars. You feel me? Mm-hmm. On high level. Because everything that comes into here, this is how powerful your, your shit is up here. Everything that comes into here will come out. So what you let in, it was automatically going to go out. So you got to be more mindful about your brain. It's almost like a, it's like hardware. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and what you put in your brain is the software. And sometimes, you know, your brain can't comprehend what's what you're being inputted into the actual hardware. You can't you can't so you gotta be it's mindful. Overload. It's overload. So you gotta be mindful of what you laying in. So you can understand what you laying out. So mindset is one thousand percent key to everything that you want to do. Anything you want to do, period. It got start it start from the mind first. 
Well, Connect started from the head. Start from an idea. Even you getting that job with that company, you have to start with an idea. Like, right. yo, I, I want to do this. I right. can do this. Right. I, uh, an idea and a belief. And not like no half-ass, wholehearted belief. Speak it. Believe it. Receive it. In that order. You can't speak on something, not believe it, and then think you're going to receive it. That's backwards. See, most people going to speak it, most people going to believe it, but most people think they don't supposed to receive it. And you got to, you got to have that other part of, I know this is for me. You got to have that aura when you're walking out here in this world, that this is for me, whatever I want to touch, turn to gold. Whatever's for me is going to be for me. So I'm going to speak nothing but greatness over myself, right? And I'm going to believe that greatness, and that's how I'm going to receive that greatness. So that's the order. For me, I'm going to speak it, believe it, and I'm going to receive it. If I say I'm going to do something, consider it already done. I say I'm gonna do something. You can go cash that. You can take that word to the bank. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna make a withdrawal, guaranteed. That's how I am. it over here, like that. <laughs> yes, sir. Honesty, integrity, and smart work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love it. So, Hobbs and my brother, we are gonna pivot to the last segment of the show. Okay. So we are gonna go into what's in your world. Uh, so we're gonna ask you what's something you seen on the internet while you was out and about. Okay, Maybe something in the airport. Yeah, in the airport. That you just saw and it kind of stood out to you. It was something that made you like want to speak on it. Man, the power of being confident and be a power of knowing what's going to happen is going to happen if you believe it. So, when we was on the airport on our way here, right? We were running real behind, right? Me and my sister, we were running real behind in the airport to catch a flight. And we were going through TSA and they had this long ass line, right? And we was walking down. And I said, dang, this is a long line. But I said, oh, something's about to happen for us to make it shorter. Soon as I said that, literally, a lady from the side turned around and said, you can come this way. And we didn't have to stay in that long line. We were right in the short line, got through TSA, catch our flight. So it's like power of the, of the tongue and being confident. And even when you don't think see things that's going to go in your way, you got to believe that it will because something will happen. You got to look for that opportunity. I said, let's slow down. We're walking too fast. Something's about to happen. That's a, in my life. That's exactly what just happened. And then the opportunity just opened up. And we just skipped right through that long line TSA. And opportunity. So my thing is, use two ears, use two eyes, use two nose. All right? And use less of what you have one of. All right? Be aware of this, what's going on in this world because life's going to throw you the signs, life's going to throw you the symbols, life's going to throw you the opportunities, but you got to be able to use these senses so you can be able to receive them, be able to acknowledge them, be able to comprehend them so you can apply and take advantage. And most of the time from, from just life itself, it comes from the world bringing it to you, but you may be turning your back to it. You may be in such a negative spirit that you don't receive that it's a million dollars right there in your lap. You right? Somebody dropped a book on your lap, and, 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 and you're like, man, man, somebody put this book on my lap, man. I would like to read. Man, man, get this book off me and we threw it in the trash. And that was the recipe to making a million dollars in government contracting. <laughs> you follow me? Mm -hmm. But you were just asking, man, God, I need this, or the world, I need this, or I'm ready to do this. But you don't, you can't even use your senses or be aware of opportunities when it's laid out to you. It's seizing the moment. This, this analogy, I break it down to. You want the cake. But if God give you the ingredients to make it, you gotta do it. Exactly. If He give you the flour, the eggs, the butter, and everything, you got it. You can have your cake. You just gotta put the work in. Exactly. That's all it takes. You take two steps towards your goals. Your goals will take probably twenty steps towards you. Mm. Mm. 
as soon as you moving in that vibration, that frequency, that's when everything aligns. You know, they're like, oh, Brandon said that uh, he's about to go win the government contract. All right, y'all, y'all know what y'all need to do because he's putting in that work. <laughs> Align it, make it work. They synergize. You feel me? And that just take that's the that all come back from the power of the mind. You feel me? Power of the mind is everything. Mind is not a joke, man. Hey, that's what's, that's what's up, man. Like it's that confidence. I like that that message that you just shared. Keeping your mind open to receive those things that you you really asking for. You can't take it if you you can't receive it if you don't believe it. Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. But how's it, my brother? We want to say. Thank you so much for coming out here, coming on the podcast, man. It's been a great episode. Uh, definitely learned a lot myself, and I'm pretty sure everybody who tuned in got a chance to learn about these government contracts, uh, learn about more about you and yes. just the, the different amazing work that Global Connect is doing and how they can get involved with y'all. So once again, for everybody, can I have you please plug yourself in and let them know how they can get at you if they want to, how they, where they can find you. Uh, how they can tune into the show What's every up? week. Yes, sir. So it's uh name of our website is We Global. Excuse me, <laughs> it's We Global Wednesday, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. We go live. Name of our website is www.theglobalconnects.com. You can sign up for a consultation for the five day boot camp. Also, our mentorship program will be rolling out in the next sixty days. Um, also, for uh, the live calls that we do on IG, our Instagram is Global Leader underscore. Uh, we go live every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we go over a government contract manual. This is where you just come come learn. You know, come learn the ins and outs of making the world's largest purchaser your customer. Um, also, you can check us out on Facebook, Global Connects, and our Twitter, the Global Connects LLC. That's our Twitter handle. Um, we give out a lot of gems and content on Twitter as well. Y'all tap into that. Go follow my brother if you want to get on this government contracts. And I highly suggest if you really, really interested, like you mentioned in there, he does those consultations. If you may be a person who is eligible, get on that because he can cut that learning curve down for you a lot. I, I know y'all need that. I know shit. You don't want to go out here and be one of them people that underbid and shoot yourself in the foot and all that. You don't, need, stress you don't need them headaches. Go mix with an expert that already did it. They can teach you how to get it done. Uh, yes, sir. So, with that, uh, we're going to hop into a couple house cleaning items. As always, I want to say thank you for tuning into the Black Gold Renaissance podcast every week. Um, please leave us those five star ratings and reviews. It helps us continue to grow the show and get the message out there to everyone. Uh, join BWR Academy. Yes. The number one community for personal finance and accountability. The number one. Talk about it. Yeah. Y'all join that. Link down in the show notes. Uh, weekly classes weekly calls, uh, just a lot of um, great, great community, great yeah. accountability. You can become a part of that for $27 a month. Seven-day free trial. Yep. You get seven days free access to come try it out, see if this is a place for you. Um, but the once again, the community is great. We hold each other accountable. Uh, we make sure that we are setting smart goals, goals that we can actually reach. And throughout the week, we follow up with each other. You know, Are you actually staying on these goals? Are you actually doing what you said you was going to do? Because at the same day, like, we can lead a horse to water, but if you don't do it, ain't nothing we can do. But I'm going to remind you of what you said you were going to do. So I'm going to use your words against you. Yes, sir. So, yeah, join that BWR Academy. And uh, other than that, 
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.